Hey everyone, welcome back to For Argument's Sake with Keaton and Chase. Today's topic, we're going to talk about functional training. Um, with our guest, Kaylin Adams, we're going to really debate, is this something that's just a fad? Is it overhyped? Or is this something you guys should really consider adding into your fitness routine? Is it something that can really help you? That's what we're going to go over. We're going to hash it out and hold on tight. This is something that you guys are going to really want to listen to. Hey guys, this is Chase, and today we're going to be talking about functional training. Um, the things I really want you guys to try and pick up from today are going to be how to put a functional workout together, what that looks like, and you know, a couple steps, and a lot of maybe the things about functional training that you might have thought before that maybe might have been misinterpreted or even just you know straight up BS. And so I'm really hoping that you guys can see what functional training is for what it is, Keaton. What are you thinking about it today? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I want people to really take away from this what they need to be introducing into their life. And, you know, bringing Kaylin on is going to be huge. I think for a lot of people, he's very knowledgeable and has a lot of credentials and that I think can really help people. So, like, for example, um, he's done a wide variety of strength coaching stuff. He's got a lot of letters behind his name, just to name a few. He's got NASM. He's got your... CFSC level one and two, your kettlebell certifications. Um, he's got his bachelor's degree and he spent a long time in the fitness industry between training young athletes, being at VASA. Um, and then something that, you know, he didn't really send over to me is, you know, he hired a lot of trainers into VASA and he trained a lot of trainers into VASA, giving us a good background on functional training. Um, and then because, you know, with Vasa, he actually moved up to a point where he was over like the programming and for Vasa. And so, I mean, he did a lot of, for a whole company for, you know, over 40 gyms, he was establishing the programming, which if you go over 40 gyms to, you know, five, six plus trainers, each gym to each trainer having 15, 20 clients, like that's a lot of people affected. And so I really think he has a lot of good information that you guys are going to probably hear from him and a lot of credentials to give you a reason to listen to him. And so, um, followed with that, we're going to go into our fall, um, for argument's sake segment where Kalen's going to debate pro functional training, why he thinks everyone should do it and why, if, um, you are, maybe you can learn a couple of things more as to what you should be doing. If you're not, why you should be doing it. Meanwhile, Chase and I are going to debate the opposition of, is it for everybody? Um, is it too broad of a term? Like really just kind of going against functional training. Um, Chase would probably agree with me that we do think functional training is good in one way or another for everybody, but we're going to see, you know, if we can fight against Kalen on that. So let's go ahead and let's bring, see what he's got to say. Let's do it. All right. So let's go ahead and welcome on Kalen. Um, if you don't mind, Kaylin, let's have you give the listeners a little insight onto who you are and why we would have chosen you to discuss functional training with us today. Okay, well, so obviously, Kaylin Adams, uh, I think the main reason that I'm here is because I hired Keaton into the fitness industry or into the real the real fitness industry. He had he had dabbled before, but uh, you that's know, right. I, I was his real introduction. So uh, I don't know if there's anything else we need to know. No, I, uh, <laughs> no, I. I how much background do you want me to go into? Like whole uh, just, story? You want you want a couple minutes here? What do you what do you want me to tell these guys? Just kind of summarize. Give us a couple of minutes, kind of your path and why 
you know, I think being in Vasa, that kind of path gives you a big load on functional training since that's kind of really what they hit home with. Yeah. And then no, if you want to give anything else after. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll just start kind of at the top. We'll go through a little bit of what got me, you know, into, into training, into functional training, since that's, that's our big topic today. But, uh, I think like a lot of people, um, especially Keith and I, I listened a little bit to your guys' background stories and mine was very similar to yours, to be honest. I, I had an interest in, in training and in physical therapy, you know, growing up and like you, I did an internship and, uh, I, was the most bored I'd ever been in my entire life, to be honest. And so it was, it was just a bit of a struggle. And I was like, man, there's got to be a better way than this. And I, I want to work with people and I want to help people, but I just don't think I can do this. And so I had that interest and, in, you know, going through high school, I was always playing sports, grew up playing football and rugby. And so that, that had me in the weight room a lot. And so my passions were always, you know, the business aspect of it and then just helping people and, you know, learning how the body worked. And so I kind of was torn between two passions growing up and into college, I decided to go the route of, you know, that fitness, you know, with exercise physiology uh, being my, my degree choice. And so I went that direction, but I was also dabbling. And I say dabbling because, you know, I never made it on the field, but I was dabbling with college football. <laughs> And, you know, spending a lot of time on the sidelines and getting my butt kicked uh, in practices. And uh, it takes up a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. And so I was doing that and trying to keep up with all these pre-med classes started to really wear on me. And I had to really take a look. And I was thinking maybe going into chiropractic school after that or maybe going to med school and really trying to make some decisions. So I really had to take some time and step back and decide what I wanted to do. And that actually led me to my other passion, which was, which was business. And so I kind of restarted my college career there for a little while and went into the business school. And that's actually where I ended up getting my degree. But, you know, I was still playing football. I was playing rugby after that, um, all this at the University of Utah. And business school just allowed me, it's a lot more common sense uh, so it allowed me to be able to get my degree, get good grades, graduate, all that with my bachelor's. But once I got done, the career field just didn't appeal to me. What was available to me is, you know, entry level jobs, they call them, just were not appealing. So that's what led me actually back into kind of that physical, you know, the helping people range. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go get a certification and I'm going to get started. And so I went, I got certified. I did some internships. I spent some time working with young athletes and I also applied to work at Vasa Fitness. And so from there, you know, real similar to what you said, Keaton, I, I was just a trainer for a little while, uh, learned a lot about functional training, got a lot of certifications. I became a head trainer at the time and then what, you know, what they changed the name to a fitness team lead. And when I was a fitness team lead, I started opening up clubs for them. And so spending a lot of time training the trainers and getting to train my clients, you know, the whole time getting a lot of education, a lot of the same education as you both have. And then just kind of went from there and started working more on the area and regional level for VASA, working with the training department, and then moved from there up to actually handling the programming and the operations for the whole training department for the company for a little while. And so that was a fun experience getting to 
right programming to be utilized by, you know, 200 to 250 trainers with their clients and trying to figure out what's going to work and what's going to keep people safe and what's the right level of modification that can be made and what's, you know, what should be stuck to and how to incorporate all of that. And so did that. And, you know, that's, you know, from there, I've, I've done a few other things, but that's kind of what led me to, to this point to be on the podcast, to not go into too much craziness. There we go. Yeah. Well, slowly but surely, this podcast is just turning to uh, shitting on physical therapists. <laughs> <laughs> we love surely. you. We, 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 we actually like the industry. It's really good. They've done a lot. You know, functional training wouldn't exist without them, but we all have had some bad experiences, I guess. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. I feel like it's kind of like chiropractic. There's, a, you know, there's good and bad. But, Kalen, so I guess with that background, I feel like you have such a good – fill in what functional training is what would you define functional training as well i think first of all functional training is something that's i would say there's there's a big misunderstanding right now of what it really is keaton mentioned this as one of one of his mistakes in your guys' first podcast i was laughing so hard because i had it literally i had it written down in my notes as the one thing i was going to use of what people thought functional training was and that's you take an exercise like a bicep curl and then instead of just doing a bicep curl, why don't I put this person on a BOSU ball, but not on a BOSU ball on two feet. Let's put it on one foot. Let's stick that right foot straight out in front of them for who the hell knows what reason. Mm-hmm. And then let's let's do it with kettlebells instead of dumbbells. Let's add a band to it because bands are functional. Why wouldn't we do that? And then let's make this client curl. I think that really Amazing. is like really what we see, right? That's, that's what people, a lot of people think is functional training. And what we really need to understand about it is functional training is it's more about helping the client do movement patterns that are going to apply to their real life, whether that's their real life in general on a day-to-day basis or whether that's sports related, whether that is hobbies that they're trying to do, but it's training the body in a way that is more applicable to real life. And so, you know, those, there's different patterns that you're going to use. You're going to hear hip dominant, knee dominant, push patterns, pull patterns, core patterns, you know, anti-rotations and rotations. And we can really jump into a lot of that. But the, the biggest point that I think needs to be made about it and that I think is so cool is that it's not just the movement patterns, but we're trying to enhance the mobility and the stability and the neural patterns that go along with those movements so the person can move better. Because if you can move better, you can feel better. And if you feel better, you're going to be able to move more often and you're going to be able to move longer in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep. well, I think that's a good uh, good definition there. And I think I really like how you broke it down in sense of like not a lot of people think of the body as like push, pull, uh, even core patterns, you know, and there's rotation and anti-rotation, anti-movement and such. So I really like how you broke that down there. Um, so from there, I guess... Well, what's a functional workout look like for you? So <laughs> I think a lot of that comes down to what your goals are, right? Because if you really understand functional training, what's the end goal we just talked about? It's to help somebody be able to perform better in life. And so it's going to come down to the goals. But if you want to break it down, how I break it down, just as a simple overall template, you could say, and then we could take that to an individual to really get you know down to the nitty gritty. But for a template-based look, 
I would say it breaks down to this. First of all, we're going to warm up, right? And in my warm up, what I'm looking at in that warm up is basically three elements. We're going to foam roll, and I'll, I'll just give brief explanations for people. Foam rolling, we're just breaking up inflammation. We're loosening up tissue. We're increasing blood flow. That's really the main goal. We're going to go from there into a stretch. And then from stretching, we're going to go into a dynamic movement portion of the warm up. And if I can handle those three things, then I've really prepped the body for that workout. And when we, when we look at those elements, what we're really focusing in on is problem areas for the client and patterns that we're going to be working on for that day. So if I can hit some of the problem areas, like Keaton, you mentioned in you know, a story of one of your clients that had ankle mobility issues, right? Yep. So if we take that and th that's what I'm dealing with, part of my warm-up is going to include those things, right? And then also prepping for whatever we're going to do that day. So warm-up. From warm-up, we're going to move into strength and power work. And I, there's, there's debate on whether you should do power first, whether you should do power last. I'm not going to get into a lot of that. But the point is that there's a strength and power section. And so in that, that's where we're usually, we're usually focused on full body. And I say usually because there's also debate in that on whether you can train just parts of the body or just certain patterns and still be a successful functional trainer. And I think you 100% can, but let's say we move into that. So the three elements that I would look at as far as strength and power work is what does every body need? So all of us have the same bone structure, the same muscle structure, the same nerve structure, right? So there are a lot of elements that regardless of my goals or trying to achieve, there are many elements of exercise that every body needs. Part two of this would be what does the individual body need? And that's where we're adjusting. So Keaton, if you're, if you have overactive muscles or underactive muscles, then we're going to make some adjustments to your workout to help activate what needs to be activated and strengthen what needs to be strengthened. The third thing would be, what does the individual want? And that's where those goals come in, right? If the individual wants to bodybuild and they want to get bigger, well, I've got to incorporate some elements to make that happen. Otherwise, am I really functional? If their functional goal in life is to bodybuild and I don't include that, I'm not really training them for their life. I'm training them for some other person's life, right? So final element of this and this is kind of where i'm trying to stay out of the rabbit hole too much but you can just tell me to shut up if i if i go too deep guys you're, you're doing great <laughs> yeah you're on a, i like where you're at. <laughs> okay so the third element would be conditioning right and so this is my final element of a functional session for me and so there's a few reasons for conditioning first one just really simply we're going to elevate the heart rate and we're going to create a stress response in the body Okay. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But the next thing is we're going to increase calorie burn, right? Most of our clients, whether they're weight loss, muscle build, they're trying to lower their body fat. And a big element of that's going to be burning more calories, right? So next thing is increased cardiovascular health. And then we're trying to decrease stress. So this is the big thing for me. And this is where I love conditioning. I hate to do it. Don't get me wrong. I don't know. I don't love to run and I don't love to do the hard stuff here, but I love the response that my body gets. And here's the reason. So I'm going to get a little sciencey on you guys. I know you can hang. I hope everybody listening can hang here for a second. But our bodies have a huge problem right now. And if we, we have to go back, way back to our ancestors to really understand this. And, you know, Keaton, you've probably already heard me give you this speech, you know, back in the day when I was yeah. training you. But, but the point is, our bodies were designed to be able to have a stress response. 
And that stress response was designed basically to happen like, okay, I'm sitting here, you're, you're hanging out, you're by the fire, you're with your buddies, you're laughing, you're having a good time. And a bear comes rolling into camp. That stress response is basically your hypothalamus sending a signal to your body and saying, hey, you're about to die. And when that happens, all of a sudden it stresses out your body. And when it stresses out the body, you basically have a couple, you know, a lot of things happen, but you're, you're, Adrenal glands release adrenaline and cortisol and your adrenaline. What that does is it increases your heart rate and your blood pressure and your energy supply. Why? So your body can move faster, react faster in order to get away from this bear, right? Cortisol increases the sugars in your blood. So there's more energy readily available. And it also curbs the function of non-essential things like your digestive system, your reproductive system, and your growth processes in your body. Now I say non-essential because in the moment of life or death, those are pretty non-essential. When that bear is five feet from you and you just need to run or you need to fight, those are non-essential. So your body triggers those things. So you can fight this bear or you can run from this bear. I'm gonna recommend running personally, but you know, Keaton, you're a big strong guy. Maybe, you know, maybe you stand and fight. Maybe you maybe you win. But <laughs> my, my pride would definitely want to, for sure. <laughs> Chase, you and I, we're, we're going to run, okay? We're going to run. No, we're running. <laughs> we're running. So point is, is that nowadays, how often is that situation going to happen? We're not Neanderthals. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not hunter-gatherers. We're not trying to survive like that. And so the problem is our body's confused. And we don't really run into life or death situations very often. So this whole stress response that our bodies have is confused nowadays, and it doesn't know when to react and when to go off. And so instead of going off when we're in a life or death situation, we lose the car keys and our body sends a stress response. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. I don't have my car keys. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what to do with my life. And so all of a sudden the same reaction happens. But then there's so many little things like losing your car keys that can happen every day that the problem is our bodies don't know how to turn that stress response off. And then that's why we deal with so many issues in our modern society of anxiety and depression and all these issues that people have on a regular basis that they medicate for is because the body just can't turn that off. So long story short, as I ramble my way through this, I apologize, is that when I condition, I can push my body and elevate my heart rate and get it to the point where it actually has a real stress response. And if I can get that stress response from a conditioning aspect, and then I can cool down afterwards and get my body to come out of it, I'm actually teaching my body how to stress, when to stress, and more importantly, how to de-stress. So that when I need to de-stress, it's happening and those systems are all turning on and off at the right times so I can live my life happier, healthier, and in a much better condition. So there's, there's really big, important things that happen with conditioning that if you're not conditioning, you're just missing out. It's not just calorie burn. There's so much mental health to it. So hopefully we didn't go too deep, but that's, that's, that's a session. Warm up, strength and power, conditioning in a nutshell. Good. No, and I think a lot of different types of people can take something from that, whether it's from just being healthy, being able to move to who thinks of workout as being able to, you know, distinguish whether you're blowing up whenever you lose your keys or in my case, stub your pinky toe on the edge of your couch. But, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. So now next question is, 
and I want you to pick a side with this as we go into our next segment here is, is functional training for everyone? What, what are your thoughts on that? I think if we go back to what we're just talking about, um, yes, to a certain degree, if you under, if you really, really understand the goals of functional training, like, like we just defined, then yes, whether your goal is bodybuilding. Okay. That's, that's your, you know, whether it's a career or whether that's a hobby or whether you're a professional athlete or whether you're an amateur athlete or whether you like to, I don't know, build what do woodwork or build decks or whatever, all that requires a physical element to it. And so functional training, the way we defined it is what patterns are involved, what mobility, what stability, what control would be involved with helping you better achieve your goal. And if, and so if I'm going to functional train you to achieve that goal, I'm not saying that you can't do other things, but what I'm saying is I'm going to try and analyze what you need to perform that actual peak and I'm going to help you do that. And I'm going to incorporate that training into what you do. Okay, good. So now let me kind of explain what we're going to go into next for our next segment um, for listeners here is Kaylin just did a great job explaining what functional training is for us as general population, as athletes, as bodybuilders. Um, but now we're going to go into our for argument's sake segment where Kaylin is going to take the side of, yes, everyone should be doing functional training. Um, so he's pro-functional and Chase and I are going to take the opposition of does everyone need to do functional training or can it be more of based off of based what you need to do specifically for your sport, for your life, whatever it may be. So let's get into that segment for argument's sake. Kalen, Chase, you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay. Ready. No holds bar. Here we go. So first question <laughs> is I personally think functional training should vary based off of novice versus advanced lifters um so something you know novice lifters like really just getting in being consistent with whatever program they choose you know let's use athletes in this example if i'm training a young athlete my goal is to get them as strong as possible to you know it's all about strength 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 when they get to practice they can take that newfound strength that they have and develop it into their skills but i let their coaches do that sort of thing um, so I see a lot of trainers get these young athletes and it's just like, oh, you need to do rear foot elevated and we need to do side slams and do all these different things, but we don't strength train these guys. And so what I'm coming at here funk in the sense is people are seeing functional training too much in the sense of I need to train you how your sport is going to be where I think as a novice lifter it should be just strength. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it, it comes down to that you know, that misunderstanding and that wanting to hold people back. I think you're, you're 100% right. But who says that strength training can't be a part of functional training? At what point do we really draw that line? Exactly. And so is, is a barbell not considered a functional tool? You know, if, if my goal is to be an athlete or whatever that is, and I might need strength, well, how do I best functionally train to reach that strength? So I, I, I agree with you in the fact that I think there are some lines that people are afraid to cross. I think the average trainer just doesn't, they want to No, you stay with kettlebells the whole time because that's functional training. And I, and I disagree with the need for that, but I definitely would argue for, you know, for argument's sake, that that functional training should, Ooh, should <laughs> be a part. Yeah. You're, plug you're, it you're, in. you're welcome. I'll plug that nine more times at least, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think functional training is, 
is and should always be a part of that. And it doesn't matter whether you're novice or, you know, you're intermediate or you're advanced. If you really understand what you're going for, it's, it's going to be a part of that. Yeah. No, I think that's a really, really good point. But I think the thing for me that really, really grinds my gears with functional training, even listening to something recently, is I feel like to, the word functional is too broad, like we've kind of mentioned. Because, for example, if you have a power lifter, um, what you would consider functionality, which is like mobility, actually having less mobility in certain like their T-spine, um, even through their shoulders a little bit for like bench press actually helps their lifts and keeps them safer. So to me, functionality is just too broad of a, it's almost like a marketing phrase for me. I just, uh, I, I guess my question there would be, what would, how do you consider that functional or do you consider that functional for powerlifting? Well, I think understanding that there's, there's multiple aspects to that. I think, yeah, you're right in general, but, functional training nobody really understands even what that is but let's go back to and analyze what is the goal of a power lifter that goal is to put as much weight up as possible right so yeah. if i'm really understanding functional training my goal would be to train that athlete or whatever you that lifter whatever you want to call them in a way that helps them reach their peak performance in their given area of expertise. And so if mobility is holding them back, we shouldn't really work on mobility. Let's make sure he has the mobility to a certain point where he's not gonna get injured. I mean, it's gonna be a part of every aspect of what we do, but let's really focus more on the stability, the control and the power and the neural response that's needed to lift as much weight as fast as possible, right? So that's where I think, mm -hmm. I think you're right. It's, it's a misunderstanding of the term itself. Okay, okay yeah and i think that's we've kind of decided that functional training should be used in some way or another for basically wherever because it's based off what your goals are so next point i want to hit on is how it's kind of train or changed the personal training world in a sense because i feel like because of functional training personal trainers are becoming physical therapists you know where it's they come in and we're just working on glute activation and this and that instead of just getting these people, like you said earlier, their movement patterns in and getting them to their goals. What do you feel on that in the sense of how it's changed the fitness industry and Pete and personal trainers acting like physical therapists almost? Yeah, I think that's a valid point. I think we've all gotten caught up in that a little bit. And I think once, you, once it starts to be a problem is when you start trying to diagnose people's issues and to a certain degree, we're always doing that, right? We're all, if you're good at what you do as a trainer, you're constantly trying to figure out what's going on and how to fix it. But you are not a physical therapist. You know, you don't have that expertise necessarily. And so I think once you start to get too caught up in the corrective exercise, you forget that what we're really here for. And it's functional exercise. It's exercise. That's what we're here for. It's not functional rehab. And so there, Dan John always says, and I, I love what, how he talks about, because he keeps things so simple. And it's just, don't forget the importance of just picking heavy things up and moving them around, right? We're trying to get for the body to change and for the body to get stronger, for the joints, for the muscles, for the bone density to increase, you have to give a stress response, right? You have to challenge the body in a way that it wasn't prepared for. And so if you're so dug in on rehab, and correctives and mobility that you don't challenge the client to pick up heavy things and move them around, 
then you're never going to stress out the muscles and stress out the body and get that response and that growth and that activation that you're looking for. Yeah. And, you know, I like to bring up my own personal experience with this. And this is why I wanted to bring up this personally on this topic is so personally, I've had this right hip issue for as long as I can remember, at least like eight to 10 years. I remember when I was playing football, like my hip would click. It wasn't as bad as it became, but just so many issues. And I tried to, especially when I was with Vasa, I fell into this category a little bit where with myself, not necessarily clients, where I was like, I can fix this. I just need to activate this. I need to stretch this. I need to, whatever it was, because I was learning so many new things. I felt I could fix myself and it would go away sometimes, but it would come back time after time after time. And finally I went and saw a physical therapist. And this is one of those good experiences, physical therapists that I have had is, you know, they encouraged me to really check and see what was wrong with my hip. And I have a slight labrum tear and a extra calcium growth, which is probably from football, you know, built up that if that, I can do as much glute strengthening or whatever as I want. Like I'm always going to feel this and, you know, maybe a squat heavy back squat for me just isn't going to be the best because I've just got that issue now. So, you know, doing single leg deadlifts and lunges and those sort of things are just a little bit better for me. And that's how I have to train, but I would spend way too much time trying to fix myself. Like I would do half hour warm ups, and then my workout sucked where if I just came in and just worked out, but did exercises that didn't aggravate it, I'd be just fine. And so I could see myself, you know, if, if I had a trainer, someone just trying to fix that constantly. Cause if they tried to get me to squat or do something, I'd be like, Nope, that hurts. Nope. That hurts. That's bothering my hip. I could see someone trying to fix me the whole time. So that's why I want to bring that up is I had my own experience and I just think, train and then let the physical therapist or let the doctors do their thing. Yeah. I think, I think that's a valid point. And I think we've all been caught up in that. You, you know, you've dealt, you've seen me deal with a back injury off and on. We've had plenty of talks about it. You've even, you've even helped me with some correctives before, you know, being yeah. my, my, <laughs> my physical therapist trainer over there, Keaton. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yep. I've fallen uh, into it. So, so I've been there and you know, what I found out is I, I did the same thing. I worked on my hip mobility. I worked on my ankle mobility, which both are terrible by the way. And how I originally hurt my back was probably because of that lack of mobility. Uh, you know, I'm not going to diagnose for sure. Cause there's too many elements to say, but I have horrible ankle and hip mobility. And there I was back squatting and heavy deadlifting and doing a lot of things that, you know, I probably shouldn't have. But I think the point is I got caught up in that same cycle and I worked on oh, I'm going to fix my back by working on my hips and I'm going to work on my hips like crazy and I'm going to do all these super smart things for my hips. Well, come to find out this back injury was different than it was before and I've had a bulging disc and maybe even a partial tear in this disc for years and all that hip mobility is not going to do a thing yeah. to fix it. And so I've had to completely change up my rehab and what I'm doing to fix my back and I spent years just wasting time. So I definitely think, you know, I'm, I know I'm arguing pro-functionality here, but I think there's a certain line where you got to stop diagnosing and you got to, you got to work around things mm -hmm. and you got to send them to a specialist. And I think as a, as a trainer, that's where we struggle. We struggle to just work around it. We think we're so smart and so capable that we can work through and get the person the right option. And we don't just need to avoid things. And sometimes being a smart functional trainer is just avoid the area, you know, work around it. Yep. No, I think that's something that it's a cycle. I feel like every trainer goes into almost like where you, 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 you start off and then all of a sudden you have that uh, Dunning Kruger effect where you, you learn a little, little bit about stretching and all of a sudden you think that you can fix every single thing. 
with ankle stretches, like my shoulder hurts. Well, you see, I can, I can see that your body's a little bit to the right. Um, you walked in here a little, like four degrees off of your <laughs> X axis. And because of that, that's probably why your shoulder hurts. Now, um, take this turmeric and let's go stretch. Your <laughs> For real. So like, I just, I, and I know I've been there. Like I, like we've mentioned before, I was like, if you don't, for me, I guess the, the cringy thing to think back on is when you first start training and how there was probably two clients that came in and you did nothing but try to fix them. And that was the last thing that they wanted. Yeah. But, Forgot the whole know. aspect of actually reaching a goal. It's kind yeah. of important. Yeah, exactly. You're like, what goal? Is you, you, I gave you your goal. <laughs> I don't, you will be pain-free. Listen, <laughs> you can tell me what you want, but I'm going to tell you what you need, okay? And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In there. Exactly. All right, Kaylin. So let's say I walk into your training facility and I want to build muscle and I want to do it functionally. What's that process look like? Well, I think if, if I'm saying functionally, the only difference is going to be we're going to – we're going to rely a little bit less on, on machines. Okay. We're going to work, okay. we're going to work a little bit more on patterns for strengthening. So it's not going to be, it's, it's not going to be right off the bat, I guess. So for saying strength, traditionally, if I want to build strength, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to use a barbell a lot. Right. I mean, that's, that's right. That's where I'm going to go to right off the bat. That's what I did. I got right to mm -hmm. some heavy machines and I got right to a heavy barbell. And it was just increase the weight, increase the weight, increase the weight. But what we don't do in that and where I, I would say there's going to be a functional difference is we're going to work on building some foundations first, right? And so maybe before I throw you right at a barbell, let's work some body weight movements. Let's work on balance, stability, and control. Let's use a kettlebell. Let's use some dumbbells. Let's use some bands. And let's get that foundation first. But by all means, let's get that barbell in as fast as possible. And let's get you, if machines are the best way to build that strength and they make sense for what your goals are, then let's get some machines involved. But the, the foundations need to start, in my opinion, in what's going to build, you know, your joint strength, your stability, your control, your core, you know, core strength and get you prepared mm -hmm. so that when you get that barbell up and when you have 550 pounds that you're trying to pull off the ground that you have all the stabilizers and control and everything necessary that you're not going to get hurt. Like I got hurt. I wish I'd have had a foundation in functional training. I wish that somebody could have taught me a lot of these things before I ever got started because I could have avoided a lot of injuries and problems that honestly nag at me every day now as I work out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's my, uh, I don't even like using the word functional anymore. In, because of how it misinterpreted it is because to me it's not functional training it's intelligent training no matter you know because you should always want to avoid injury because that's going to keep keeping you out of the gym no matter what your goal is that's going to keep you from reaching it if you're injured and then from there it's just like i don't know just don't do like you said work on the basics build the foundation i can't think of one you know whether it's an olympic lifting coach a power lifting coach that is really like good that wouldn't agree with everything you just said there but all of a sudden you put the word functional in front of it and like you said it's so misinterpreted they're gonna put a bosu ball underneath both feet and you're gonna throw the med ball mid you know one-footed whatever it be so i guess the next question would be why do you think it's so misinterpreted well i think the big thing i think you nailed it on the head i think it's just intelligent training and i think training has come such a long way over the years that functional training as it started to become popular, I don't know, what is that, the 90s probably is when it first started to pop up. It was a new style. 
it was a new thing because not very many people were doing it. And now functional training has become so mainstream and become incorporated in so many things that I think you're right. Functional training is really, it's just intelligent training. It's, it's training the body. And like when I, I still like to bodybuild. That was where a lot of my foundations were. It was in strength training and bodybuilding. And I still like to go and do workouts like that. But I don't even know how to do a bodybuilding workout like I used to bodybuild because functional training has affected so much of what I do that I just can't do it. I can't just go in there and use five machines and, you know, do 25 sets and call it a day. Like it's, it's changed too much of what I do. So that no longer looks like smart training to me. And even though, yeah, I might want to do some bicep curls and I might want to build some strength. That's great. I will, but I have to do it in an intelligent way. And I think that's where you you nailed it. Chase is that functional training is just intelligently using the body the way it was meant to be used. So you can feel better, like I said before, feel better, perform better, and perform longer because of that. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you 100% there. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's uh, it's an interesting world. Obviously, I think Mike Boyle really popularized uh, functional training and everything like that. But even uh, I think it was a day or two ago, I was listening to another podcast about functional training, just kind of seeing where things were at. And I have, I just get irritated. I'm turning into that old man that's just pissed off all the time. Because whenever I try to listen to fitness things, it just pisses me off because I feel like they, they don't get it. They were defining like functional training as like, um, pretty much like they, I don't know, they didn't even really define it, but they were literally said like, you have to use kettlebells and do an overhead this and that. And I was like, that's not, that's not functional training. That's stability training. That can be a part of functional training. But so many people get caught up in that, you know, fad and whatever it might be. And, you know, kettlebells are so popular now and they've been they go back and forth between being hated or not. And so I just think that there's so many fitness influencers who just haven't really trained and they really haven't spent time like in the trenches and seen, you know, when you tell a client something and all of a sudden they run off with the 80 directions and you're like, I shouldn't have ever said that. So, yeah, I, I guess, think so. Let me ask you this, Chase. Okay. Do you, do you feel like the problem is the, the, the average person really just wants a list of what to do and what not to do? And they don't really want to get into the philosophy of what functional training is, and, and they don't have the capacity to get into that until they're much further along in their lifting career. Do you feel like that's where we get caught up and that's where we stumble? Because I do, is then that the do's and don'ts. And we spend so much time on the do's and don'ts and what exercises you have to do or not do when really it's more of a philosophy. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think it's just uh, basically that same thought process of like actual, you know, functional or intelligent training as a newbie is not sexy. Like it's not fun. You're not going to want to go in there and do a lift and chop and do planks. You don't want to do, you know, uh, offset kettlebell squat. Like that doesn't... You don't want to record that necessarily and put it on your Instagram. Like that's what trainers do. That's not what like I feel like general population does. You want to put on your gym shark. You want to pull it up to your nipples and you want to squat heavy, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Give me a belt. Let me strap on one of those belts and wear it all around the gym. Okay? Oh, my God. People do. Wait, are we, oh my uh, God. are we not supposed to do that? <laughs> oh. Keaton, we've been over this, man. We've been <laughs> over it. And I've also told you to stop wearing the gloves, man. No gloves. Hey, 
Melissa doesn't like my callousy hands. I don't care what she likes. You knock it off. You're a man, Keaton. You're a man. Yeah. Oh my god. I get a side note that I think is really funny is I want to go back to the gym and I want to apologize to every single guy that was wearing a mask, one of those like elevation masks, because they look stupid. <laughs> and now we live in a freaking world where everyone wears a mask and they're in shape for it. They were just way smarter than us. They saw it coming. I didn't. I'll you know I'll get props where props is due. The belt thing's stupid as hell, but the mask. Okay, you guys got one. Yeah, that's funny. Head <laughs> yeah. of the curve. They were ahead. <laughs> all right Caitlin. last question here before we let you go um is obviously we know that intelligent training isn't going to go anywhere as it shouldn't it should we should be training people the way they need to be trained and help them to their goals and fix issues but my last question is the term and the definition of functional training do you think that is just a trend that we're seeing now or do you think that's kind of here to stay long term uh I think it's definitely here to stay. I don't think it can go anywhere at this point. Like I said, it's so entrenched in, in exercise as a whole uh, that I don't think the term's going anywhere. I don't, I don't, I think the term should go somewhere. I, I think it's saturated the market so much that it no longer is as easily defined and people don't really understand it. So I almost wish that it would go somewhere and that we'd figure out a different, you know, better way to, to do this. But I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's like Apple, man. It's the iPhone. It's, it's saturated everything. It's not going anywhere. You're, you're going to have a hard time digging out Apple, you know, no matter how hard you try. Yeah. I, got, I got an iPhone myself. I'm just saying. No, I think I that's, that. that's the thing is I think we just need to educate a little bit more and people need to be educated a little bit more that it's not, you know, the BOSU training, it's intelligent training. And I think if we can start that of getting people to realize I'm training you the way that you need to be trained. If you want to bodybuild, power lift, if you want to be able to get up and down off the ground, I'm training you how you need to be trained. And, you know, functional may never go away. That's something that we're hoping it, like you said, hope it goes somewhere. We don't want to go away, but we wanted to go the correct direction, I guess. So, um, but with that, thanks for jumping on with this, Kalen. Hopefully we've provided enough information that people will kind of know how to start approaching their fitness journeys and reach their own goals and, um, do you have anything that you want to kind of end with before we? Yeah, I mean, I would just say for the people that are listening to this, I think the point is it's functional training is so much more and so much deeper than just exercises. That's what you see on the surface that my trainer wants me to do this exercise or I want to do that exercise. But there's so much more that goes into it that maybe you don't understand. And so if you're in that point, I mean, the best thing to do is work with a professional and then once you're working with a professional, I think the next best thing is ask the questions. If you don't ask, you don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And if you ask the questions and your trainer can't provide you a good answer, I got news for you. They're probably not a good trainer, at least not yet, because that was all of us in the first of our careers. And we couldn't answer those questions and we couldn't say why we were doing what we're doing. And I think that's a problem. So that's just the advice I'd give to anybody is, you know, work with a professional and ask a lot of questions and you'll really start to understand the whys behind it. And once you understand the whys, it's really, really easy to accomplish the what. Yep. Nope, I agree. All right. I appreciate it, Kalen. Did an awesome job. That was awesome, hey, man. It was, was great, a- great being on here, guys. Thanks for the time. That was a good segment. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right. You too. We'll talk to you later. Yep, bye. All right, have a good one. All right. So 
got a lot of good things from Kalen there. Um, I think he did a great job and we learned a lot on functional training that maybe our thoughts were a little bit differently, but um, we're going to go over a little bit here now what our personal takeaways were from that and, you know, what we think you guys should have taken away and then our thoughts, final thoughts on functional training. So Chase, what did you learn from talking with Kalen? Um, I think, you know, the most important part of that podcast, and, and I hope it gets the attention it needs, is probably that first 15 minutes where he kind of talks about how, you know, he like puts together a functional workout and why he does it. And most importantly, kind of that last segment where he goes over, you know, cardio and creating a stress response and after creating a stress response, cooling your body down. Like, I hope that people realize, like, when you're looking at your workout, like, you should be like, all right, cool, tissue prep, warm up, my bulk, you know, my meat and potatoes weight training. And then am I like getting my heart rate up? Am I, you know, doing something like that? And then teaching my body to cool down and recover quickly. And the aspects of that that can help your mental health so much. Like, obviously, we all want to get fit and everything. And that's a great, like, formula right there. And that's one that I use. But, like, understanding that, like, how much that's going to carry over to your actual life. I think that was so, so good. I'm still excited about even just having that. When he was talking the whole time, I was just like, yeah, that's, that is it. Like, that's right there is the... That, that made this whole thing, that was just the best part of it. So, and otherwise he made really great points. I liked everything he had to say. Um, what about you? What were some of like the big takeaways that you had? Well, I think um, what we were trying to argue is the fact that we think the term functional training is too broad. And I think when we talk functional training, it's hard to be against it, especially because, and I'll dive into here in a second of why, but I just think the term functional training, the, you know, the BOSU training, the fact that, Hey, you need to do functional training to be a good athlete, to be whatever, or even just thought that training needs to be separated in different categories, functional training, bodybuilder, powerlifting, whatever. I think this is my opinion is yes. I do think functional training is too broad. Um, but like Kaylin mentioned is it's, and you mentioned, you know, you use the term intelligent training is what I want to see come from this is bodybuilders realizing, sweet, your goal is to be as aesthetically pleasing to the eye of other people as possible. But you know what? It's okay not to hurt. It's okay for your shoulders to not ache. So like do some shoulder mobility, do some stability, train your core correctly. So either, you know, your bulging disc isn't hurting. Like that's what mm -hmm. we want to kind of see from this, you know, and power lifters, you know, a lot of your strong men, a lot of people who are like actual power lifters, that's not who I'm talking to right now because they know that they need to do mobility and activation stability. It's the people who are coming in going, all right, I'm going to squat as heavy as I can and deadlift as heavy as I can. And how many people are putting on heavy bench press, you know, as much as they can within their first month or two of it, even training. It's those people realizing that, yes, it's okay to do that. And it's okay to have that be your goal, but it's more than just sitting down, doing a bench press, hitting some chest flies, hitting some tricep extension and leaving. Like fitness is more than just that. And then to our gen pop, you know, you can gain strength and soul and do that without following the bodybuilding routine. And that's something I would like to get into at another time is how influential bodybuilding has put on fitness in general. But I think the biggest thing people need to take away from our talk with Kaylin is that 
it's intelligent training. It's not, we shouldn't be classifying things differently. It's just set your goals. What do you want to accomplish? And then just make sure your body is healthy. Make sure that, you know, with your metabolic conditioning and your fight and fly, you know, all that different stuff that we're training our body as a whole. It's not just a matter of building muscle. It's being healthy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Spot on, spot on, you know, functional training is a lot more than one leg on a BOSU other thumb up my ass type training. Yeah. I hope I agree 100% and hopefully people listen to this and take from it that they need to maybe research a little bit more. And we'll dive into that a little bit more here as well as, I just think people need to take the information they got from today and hopefully allow, allow it to make them smarter in their fitness journey and come to the realization that either they need to start adding this into their routine or go find a trainer that can, that can help you. If you're that bodybuilder that has dealt with, a, you have to you know, kind of throw your shoulder around after every set of bench. Like go find somebody who can help you and give you some pointers on how to fix that. If you squat, you know, and every time you do it, it hurts your lower back for the next three, four days. That's great. Or you're that bodybuilder that wears a belt the whole time in the gym. That's what your core's for. You know, like maybe you mm -hmm. should stop doing crunches and start adding in some more of the different core movements, you know, your anti movements. That's what your core is for. So, I think that's if people can take that is either start researching more into what functional training is or, you know, intelligent training in the way that we determine it or find somebody who can. That's what I would like people to take away from this. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sweet. Hey guys, thanks for listening today um, on the topic functional training with our guest Kaylin Adams and then obviously every week with me and Chase. The whole point of this podcast, you guys, is for you to hear both sides of the story and make an educated decision for yourself on what you should be doing and taking matter into your own hands to be the best you that you can be. You know, pick a goal, go after it, be consistent that we learned from last week with Jeremy is you are solely responsible for your fitness journey and that's why we've created this podcast is to reach to that general population the ones who don't have exercise science degrees or aren't physical therapists aren't chiropractors so we want to give you guys a platform to come and hear a wide range of fitness um, and other topics to have a neutral debated educated platform Thanks for listening today, you guys. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at four underscore arguments underscore sake to get the inside scoop on our next topics, guests, and to be able to, coming soon, ask your own questions. So stay tuned for that. We'll be coming to you guys with more information on that. Thanks for listening.